Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Leanne, who is the founder of Let's Ace Your List. And we're going to be talking all about list building and also summits, because I think summits are a really powerful way for introverted entrepreneurs to get more visibility and get out there. And I love summits, hosting and speaking at summits. Uh, So welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. You know what, Tara? I am so excited to be here. My favorite subjects, list building, summits, all that kind of stuff. And I just I just love being with you. So this is going to be fun today. Yay, I'm so excited. All right. So for anyone who isn't familiar with you, can you just share a little bit more about who you are, what you do, maybe why you love email so much and list building? Yes, absolutely. So I'm Leanne Pruitt. And um, like Tara said, I am the founder of Let's Ace Your List. And what we do over at Let's Ace Your List is we are on a mission to really help entrepreneurs build the email list that they deserve, build up their list of raving fans, um, followers, ideal clients, you know, client avatars, so that you can you guys are able to really reach the people that you're supposed to reach and make the difference that you're supposed to make in the world. And I, I, how did I get into this? I when I first when I first started in the online space, I actually had a business called Let's Ace Your Space where I help people get rid of clutter. And I found the thing that I enjoyed the most was actually doing the online summits where I interviewed all the speakers and stuff like that and doing challenges and just, you know, communicating on Facebook lives and stuff like that. Um, ended up closing down Let's Ace Your Space in like early 2021. But I was helping a lot of my entrepreneur friends with their summits and stuff like that. And I'm like, I really miss this. And I think that list building is so important. It's such a, it can be such a missing for entrepreneurs that I wanted to start a company dedicated to that, helping of course, we help we help you with any aspects of summits at all, but also just list building in general. So that's where it all came from. I love that. Yeah, list building is such a powerful method for like building a community, sharing your expertise, connecting with your audience in a way that that is more, I feel like, especially for introverts, like you can automate things but still keep it personal like and and be very intentional with your email strategy. Yes. Well, and you know, actually I've got a summit coming up as you know because you're going to be speaking on it. We were I was just talking about this with a speaker the other day. It's like email is so much more intentional. These people chose to be on on your list. They made a conscious decision that they wanted to to follow you and see what you had to say versus if you are if you're a follower on social media it's, you're just somebody like that's stopping their scroll something like that. 
Um, but these people, you know, intentionally wanted to follow you. So that right there is just there's there's such intentionality and community to it just right there, right from the get go. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Like I always think about the numbers with, that somebody shares. That's like a an active data point of like on social media. I think it, at first it was somebody needs to see something seven times and then it went to 14. And now I think it's like 18 times. Um, whereas email, they're they're in your world. They've given you permission. They want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Permission. That's that's it right there. It's like it's like so often in social media, it's just like you're kind of interrupting. Oh, this person's interrupting while I'm scrolling. It's like, but with email, no. It's like they choose to open that up and see it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's kind of how social media always felt like me. Whenever I would post something, I felt like I was kind of just like standing on top of a table, just like shouting out <laughs> information at yeah. people. Whereas email, it's much more relaxed and authentic because I know that these people have have invited me into their inbox. I would say also with social media, you have such a short time to grab people's attention. Like with with email, you can nurture more. People are reading more what you're saying and, and you can give more of the complete story of what it is that you're talking about. So, so yeah, so that... And for, you know, for all those reasons, I, I want people to have a great email list. Mm-hmm. I do not want you relying on social media or, you know, or I don't want you even having a stagnant list. I want, I want to help people to engage their list and just really, really have that, those raving customers there. Yeah. And I think it, when it comes to a stagnant list or a cold list, like making sure that you're consistent with your email is yeah critical because I know I've been on lists where, you know, I've signed up for a freebie and then I don't hear from them at all after the delivery email for months. And then they pop back up and I'm like, I don't remember who you are (laughs) or how I got on your email list. How did I get here? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I had somebody pop up just the other day and they're like, oh, I haven't talked to you in about a year. And I'm like, I don't know that I need you. And I I don't know if it was you that said this or one of the speakers mentioned, and I thought this is such a great point. It's like, when somebody gets on your list, if somebody accepts your lead magnet, they have a pain point. They have something that that they feel that you can fix. And if you don't, if you're not communicating with them, they still have this pain point. They're going to go somewhere else to get that fixed. It's like they are not. It's like maybe you maybe you could have done it. They they thought by what you were offering as your lead magnet that maybe you could could help them with this. But if you don't show up, they're not going to wait around for you to show up to fix their problem. Yeah. And I, I think when it comes to email too, I've, I hear a lot from people who are like, I I feel like I don't want to email too much because I don't want to annoy people. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is too much though? Like people are signing up. They're giving you their email. They want to hear from you. Like, yeah, maybe not several times a day, but consistently, like don't yeah. just like once a month, that's not that's not enough. Like I, I want to hear from you and I want you to stay top of mind. You're, you're not going to be able to build that no like and trust factor if they don't recognize your name or start to like get familiar with who you are and what you do. You know what? And that's so true too. And I would say, I would actually think you just, you just touched on something that is such a, uh, such a foundational part of just business and everything. I think oftentimes if we think, oh, we're we're bothering them, I don't want to be too salesy, I don't want to send too many e- emails, that's a mindset issue. I think that there's still something 
within you that thinks this is bothersome. I don't want to bother them. When it's like you're not bothering them, you've got something for them. You've got you've got a solution for them. It's not. It's like what's bothersome is if you have that solution and you don't share it. It's like perfect timing because what you said just made me think of yesterday. I was on a group call for the program that I'm in, and I had just finished writing a email promoting two group programs and I'm running one last time. And I just finished the email and the group is led by Laura Belgray, who's amazing copywriter. So I was like, okay, this is, this will be my hot seat. I'll have her look at it. And the second line in the email, the first line was, yeah, I'm promoting two new live programs in this one email. And then the second line I had put, yep, I'm getting salesy today. And I'm like, she called me out on that. <laughs> She's like, you don't need to say that. You, you don't need to um, like say that you're getting salesy. Like it's some, there's something wrong with that. You're, you're just selling this. This is what's, a, what's here and what's available. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? So did you take it out? I did. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I changed it. I think I changed it um, to be like, instead of, yeah, I'm, I'm getting salesy today. I put, yep, that's right. Because <laughs> she was like, be more confident with it. Yeah, because I, I still struggle with that. It is definitely a mindset thing of getting out of the, you know, but we're in the business to make money. And I know I've, there's been a few people that I've been on their email list. And then I've seen, because we're also friends on Facebook, that they just closed cart on something. And I'm like, I don't even know. I didn't even hear about this. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> like they, and then I look and they emailed like once. I'm like, I, would have signed up for this. I would have liked to know about it, but now it's too late. I know. And like, and I just, I bought a program not long ago and I saw several emails from it. The guy that was promoting the course and then he had some other people promoted for him. And it was like, right at the last minute, I decided I saw the value of the program to begin with, but I was thinking about it, but it's like, had I not, if I'd only seen one email or something on it, I would not have, I wouldn't have purchased it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very useful, it's a useful thing. I, I'm glad that, that he made it so easy for me to purchase that. Yeah, no, I, I joined a, a high ticket program. They sent quite a few emails, but I, and I was reading them. I was really, really wanting to join. And then I just forgot. And then I had actually, they actually had a text messaging and they sent a text message with 15 minutes left. I was laying in bed and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm go- I'm going to buy it. So I bought it from my phone. And I'm like, I wouldn't have if they didn't send that final like this is it. Like you have 15 literally 15 minutes and it's gone. It prompted me to take action. And I'm glad that they said that because I would have been sad if I woke up the next day and was like, "Oh shoot, like I had this tab open, I was going to sign up for that and now it's closed." Now it's gone. Well, and you know, actually, one of the women that I just interviewed yesterday for the series is a marketing expert. And she was saying that, like, of course, you are the queen of email tags and email segmentation. (laughs) But she was mentioning it's like she thinks it's such a powerful tag to have on if somebody like opens the cart, but it doesn't close. It's like saying, it's like, Hey, cause like she says, she says, life gets in the way you open it. You don't have your credit card in front of you. You know, something happens with the kids and you forget. So if, so if you are not using something like that for segmentation, if you're not reaching out to people who, who ex- express interest and got as far as clicking on the, the cart, but did not complete it, that's something, you know, you're leaving something right there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For any big launch I've started that's my final call email. If there's like an hour left, I'll send one email earlier in the day to everyone. 
This is the last day. And then I'll send one specifically to people who had clicked in any of the previous emails, but didn't purchase mm-hmm. and be like, there's one hour or two hours left. And sometimes those people, like they're thankful for that final nudge and final call out because they were interested. Yeah, absolutely. They would not have, they would not have looked at it if they, if they, if it wasn't, wasn't a fit for them on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think another mindset issue too, with when it comes to like sending too many emails and annoying my audience, it's like, you're almost worried because you're worried about unsubscribers. And, you know, we put all this time into building our list and then we send emails and we see people unsubscribe. It can be hard, but I think like that's a mindset issue. Like I look at unsubscribers now as a good thing. They are scrubbing themselves from my list Maybe they'll come back later if something else comes up or they find me another way. But if they're not interested, I'm fine with people leaving or coming and going. Like that's that's the beauty of email. It's like consent based. Well, and you know what? That is that's so true. Um, it's like I know it's like people we, we all hate to see those unsubscribes. But really, like energetically, if those people are not a fit for you, you don't want them bringing your list down. And it's almost like if you were like going on a date with somebody and they're like, ah, we don't like you over here, but some guy, you know, somebody over here is saying, I will go out with you. And it's like the person that are on your list is like, why are you chasing this person that wants to leave when you have these people here that are raving fans? It's like, focus on them. Don't focus on, and you know, celebrate those people that get off your list. Yeah. Yeah. That it's definitely, I know when it, when your list is small, it's hard to celebrate that, but it is, it is a good thing. Like I'll say that you know, even cleaning your list, it's a very cathartic thing to do. Um, I think I figured it out last year. I removed throughout the year because um, I try to, I usually do it every quarter. I go in and like cold subscribers that have gone through, haven't opened or interacted with an email in three months, they get added to my re-engagement sequence. And then if they go through that, then I will go in every quarter and remove those people. And I think last year it was about 5,000 people that I deleted from my list throughout the year. And normally that would be terrifying because, you know, what if they come back? But I mean, if somebody isn't interacting with you for three months, it's okay to let them go. They'll come back if, if the timing is right. And if, you know, they need what you offer. Otherwise it's just bringing down your metrics and diluting your list. Yes. Well, and you know, you brought up a good point there. It's like sometimes when people's lists are small, they're afraid of those unsubscribes. So instead of focusing on those unsubscribes, focus on focus on building your list, you know, focus mm-hmm. on focus on what you can do to have a system in place so that you are that you you're always bringing in new people on your list. Yeah, because that, that's kind of the thing, because we'll always have unsubscribes. So you yeah. need to also be adding in new people <laughs> on a recurring, consistent basis in order to have like a, a quality list. We, we always need new leads. So what would you say are the top ways or tips for getting new people on your list and list building? First of all, you need to find something that resonates with you. As far as a list building technique, there are so, so many list building techniques. And how I kind of view list building is that you have a lead magnet that you offer people. And now, of course, we all think of a lead magnet as like you're giving somebody a quiz, you're giving somebody a PDF. But a lead magnet is really anything that brings that that you would give to somebody in exchange um, for your for their information. It could be a summit. It could be, you know, if you're doing a live presentation, 
Um, it can be a, you know, a webinar. If you are, you know, service-based, like if you're a dog walker or something, you know, a coupon for, for you know, 10% off of dog walking, something like that. But, but you find what resonates with you and then you find the vehicle because you have the lead magnet and then you have the vehicle to get the lead magnet to the people. People, You find what vehicle works for you. Now, I know, Terry, you and I have talked about this. You are not on social media. So so Instagram is not your vehicle for mm-hmm. for getting your lead magnet to people. But, you you know, it's like maybe it's Pinterest. Maybe you do like social media. Or maybe you are you are speaking like like I'm speaking on this podcast, like you can speak on people's podcasts or you have your own podcast. Now, of course, what I love, I love summits. I think summits or any sort of collaborative, you know, big collaborative effort with with um, groups of speakers is such an amazing way to, you know, particularly if you're the host to build your list and also participants to build their list. So I love to see, I know it's, I know that people often think summits are really, you know, they're hard, they take a long time, that kind of stuff. They are time consuming. They, I would not say they are hard. It's like, you just, you have to know what you're doing and, and get yourself structured correctly. And you get, you can get such a, such a, such a new big influx of, of new followers that, um, and you've already built some like and trust, like, like know and trust because you are, you're hosting, they're seeing you throughout the series. So I think that is such a great way to do it. Challenges, like a five-day challenge or a three-day challenge is, is a great way to, to get that, build that like, like, know, and trust factor too and get people on your list. So what I love to see, I love to see entrepreneurs have a system, whereas they have something that brings in organic traffic, like they've got a, they've got the, a lead magnet that is well thought out is, you know, addresses their ideal client's pain points is something that their ideal client can do quickly and get a win at so that when they put it out there, it is pulling in the people they want. So I want them to have a well thought out lead magnet. It can be any kind of thing. It can be a a webinar, it can be a course, whatever, and have a way to get it to people organically, be it social media, be it Pinterest, something like that. And then maybe twice a year, maybe maybe if, if you really feel like doing something like this quarterly or once a year, have something bigger where you're bringing in a larger influx, like a summit, like a bundle, a giveaway, maybe a, like a mini summit, like a co-creation live stream, something like that, where you're bringing in more people. That's what I like to see. That's what I like entrepreneurs to have as far as their list building strategy. Yeah, I love, love summits, hosting and speaking at other summits. And because uh, I think like speaking, it gets you in front of new audiences um, at other summits. And then you build relationships with the host, the other speakers and things snowball. Like we're doing this podcast interview right now because I became a part of your upcoming series and event. So I love that those kind of additional opportunities usually just just naturally happen from speaking at summits. And I'll share one tip that I haven't implemented very much, but I wish I had, and I will be doing more. So if you're a speaker at a summit, I think if you're really focused on list building, and of course, as you said, I love tags and segmenting my audience. If you are sharing a freebie or a lead magnet at the summit underneath your presentation, I typically would recommend duplicating the landing page duplicating the automation and the email sequence so that you can tailor it to that summit. Because I love that as a, 
like I attend so many summits. I just love attending them too. So any summit that comes into my inbox, I'll usually sign up for it. And then I do sign up for a lot of, if I resonate with a presentation or a speaker, I'll sign up for their list and get a freebie. But I love it when some, when I then get follow-up emails in a sequence, it's like, hey, I saw you join me from the Let's Ace Your List Masterclass. And I'm like, oh, right. Like it clicks. It reminds me of where I found this person and connected to them because I mean, my inbox is usually a hot mess. So (laughs) I like having that more personalized and like you don't have to totally revamp everything. Just duplicate the automation, duplicate the email sequence and just add a few extra lines to it just to share that kind of personalization. And then you can see too, if you tag people because you've duplicated the opt-in, you can see how many people came from each opportunity or each summit that you spoke at. You know, that is such a good idea. And you, and you're right. It's, it is much, it's a more personalized touch. The attendees, they're like, wow, it, 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 it makes a difference to them. And I also want to say something about, like you said, like summits and speaking and collaborations. I think collaborative leads actually like as far as the value of that lead they they are a higher value simply because there is like a when you have a collaborative lead like somebody has vouched for this person on some level like hey I'm on this person's summit or it's like it's like you know somebody that you know like see like Tara like if Tara's people like hey I'm on Leanne's summit and then they see another speaker it's like the, it, it kind of carries over the authority it's like so it's like there is something there is something about collaborative leads that are more valuable than if they just ran across you on social media or like a Facebook ad or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. I've even had a few people um, that are in my world and on my email list, maybe have some of my offers or, or in my programs. And they've said to me, like when I've sent an email promoting somebody else's offer or freebie or something, they've been like, Anything you recommend, I'm going to grab it. <laughs> I'm like, well, there oh, you wow. go. <laughs> it's like with with collaborators, like if they have that trust factor with their audience, like you said, that's going to carry over. Absolutely. So, so do something collaborative. Be it a summit, uh, be it a you know a challenge where you know where you get your business besties to recommend it, recommend you know to to promote for you um, bundles, giveaways. It just it really makes a difference. Yeah, I I love bundles and summits for collaborations. And I think like, especially now they're focusing like on collaboration even more between like the participants or the speakers, like having speaker mixers or like on Zoom, like that way you can connect face to face with everyone else in the event, like, and the bundles are doing the same. I'm like, okay, I want to connect with all the other contributors. Like I see what product they have in this bundle. Now let's see, like, maybe we have an opportunity to work together one-on-one and share audiences. Now that is something I've I've never done. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. I just thinking about it because I know I have um, two on my calendar for next week <laughs> for events. And I'm like, normally in the past as an introvert have been like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. Like it's, it's scary to be in a room yes. of people, uh, even if it's a Zoom room. But I've been trying to force myself to, to like little bits outside my comfort zone and do that. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to attend at least. I think there's two sessions for the same, so like for different time zones. So I'm I'm definitely going to force myself to go to one, and yeah, see what happens. Yeah, I think that's that's fun. Is is when you can. It's not just about the people that you get from the onto your list from the event. It's also like who else is participating. 
maybe there is a great collab partner in there and somebody that you can really resonate with who has a similar audience that you can share. Yeah, I think it's such a powerful thing. And it's so easy. It's like, you don't, you don't really have to put yourself out there. Like once I do the hour long zoom, like then we move things to email. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm curious about this. I wonder, <laughs> how, I wonder how this works. Do they, do you, do they put you in, do you go into breakout rooms and, or is it like everybody just kind of like talks about what they do? Like you kind of go round Robin round the circle. Um, for most of the ones, I think it's been like round Robin. I think mm-hmm. if, if, so usually that I've had most of the ones that have done it, there's been like two options, maybe one in the afternoon, one in the evening. So people can go to both if possible, or just one that meets their time zone needs better. But, and usually they also have a, um, a spreadsheet. Like I created one for, um, I'd hosted a two day virtual retreat in April for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really wanted to focus on like collaboration. So I created a spreadsheet where everyone could add their information and be like, what do you do? What's your website? What type of collab opportunities do you want to be a part of? And then what opportunities do you have? So it was like, I want to join more affiliate programs. I want people to join my affiliate program. I want to be on more podcasts. And it was kind of like, what can you give to other people? And and what do you want in return kind of thing? And it worked out well. All right. You've got, you got my wheels spinning now. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a great idea. So all of you people thinking about summits out there, or you've got summits coming up, do a speaker room for people. I love that. Such mm-hmm. a good idea. So I know we, we talked about this in the summit, but I'm just, I'm curious when you first started, tell, tell how did you build your list when you first started? So a lot of my initial was focused just on organic. It was lead magnets. I really focused on creating great lead magnets to once somebody landed there or saw it, they were like an easy, yes, here's my email, take it, I'm in. And then for traffic to actually get people there, it was really organic. So Google traffic, Pinterest. And then I started thinking, okay, I want quicker growth. So I that's when I started to add in summits, bundles, and having an affiliate program has been a big one too. I think I have over 450 people registered as an affiliate, and I never really did much with the affiliate program. So I've started using it more this year so people can share my launches, share my stuff and make money while doing it. I I love affiliate marketing. I think that is such Mm -hmm. a, it's such a great way to use collaborations for one thing. And it's, it's, it does get, it gets offers out to a wider audience and it gets offers out to people who need what you have that might not have seen it otherwise. So that's what I love about Mm -hmm. that. But now let me ask you, I think you touched on something a second ago or at the beginning when you mentioned how you feel that for particularly for introverts, introvertpreneurs, I love that word, <laughs> um, that this, that summits are a, are a really great way hosting um, or participating. Um, when you first hosted a summit, was it difficult for you um, as an introvert or, or what, what did you feel made it easier than like some other list building ideas? So I think I think the first time I hosted one, I I did it with like what I what would be comfortable to me. So I did, I did it in a way that it was entirely evergreen. Everything, all the presentations were pre-submitted. I didn't do interviews. It was all pre-recorded presentations, and there were no live components, no live panels, or anything like that. And it went really well. But then I kind of missed the live pieces. I thought like that will help with engagement. And it definitely did, even with 
like my sum, my main summit is for introverts. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wasn't sure if they would actually like the live components, but they do. So then the next one, I added in live panels, one live panel every day. Then I went on to do an entirely live event um, last December, which I knew going into it was going to be very energy draining for me. So knowing that and hosting summits in the past that had some live components, I then decided, okay, if I'm going to do this and it's going to be a live, I think it was four four day event. Um, I think it was like 11 AM to 4 PM every day. I hired and paid a co-host for every day of the event to kind of manage the room. Like as we move to the next speaker, like everything was live. Um, So I knew that I had somebody there. I didn't have to do it all myself, like worry about a speaker not showing up live during their slot. And then I had to fill time (laughs) managing the tech, engaging the audience. So that was, I'm so glad I did that because I was still pretty burnout by the end of it. But if I had not had a co-host, it would have been a lot more exhausting. That, you know, that's a really great idea. But, you know, and I was also thinking, like, as you were talking, I think doing what I'm going to call a traditional summit, you know, where you pre-record the interviews or something, I would think that would work out really well if somebody was more introverted, because it's even though it goes out to a lot of people, it's just like you having a conversation with somebody Mm -hmm. else like that. Yeah. I think my first, um, I think I've been a part of like, I'm going to guess ballpark figure, maybe 25, 30 summits now. Mm-hmm. And the first five at least were pre-recorded. I there were a couple opportunities at that time that were going to be live and I decided not to do them. Mm-hmm. I needed to ease into it. So I did my first five that were pre-recorded. I think maybe the first one I did for my very first summit that I was a speaker at, I think I re-recorded it. Um, twice because I wasn't happy with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you're an introvert, like you can start with what's comfortable and then as you do more speaking and do more presentations, it'll get easier and more comfortable. And then maybe you'll decide to do one that is more live, um, or interview style. So yeah, I mean, I, I did one recently a couple months ago that I thought it was an interview and it was actually live. And I didn't realize that until I showed up to do it. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I like that. Well, and you know, and another thing that I was thinking of, there's no reason why you couldn't do an audio summit. I mean, I mean, probably half the people just listen to it rather than watching anyway. So that, that right there could be, could be an easy way for an introvert to get in the door on that. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about hosting a smaller micro audio summit um, to see how it does. Cause that's one thing I, when I've never done, I always just went right into the the video training video summits, but I found that because I have um, a, the private podcast feed for the summit, I find that a lot of the attendees actually do just listen to the private podcast feed. So I do think a lot of people would love an audio only summit. Well, you know, I think audio is actually having a bit more of a moment now. I think that for so long, we were forced into Zoom rooms, you know, because we we couldn't go anywhere. I think that it's like audio is like more on the go. You can take it with you and listen. Mm-hmm. And like people are are still really excited to like actually go places. So I, I heard um, the term Zoom fatigue and people definitely had that <laughs> or currently have that where, you know, we were in Zoom rooms so much 
during 2020, 2021, that it it did get a little exhausting <laughs> at some point. Well, and I, I went last week, I was in Vancouver and um, I was at a live event that one of my mentors um, held. And it was like, it was the first live event that she had done in forever. And I think it's the first, now I did do a VIP day with a coach, but it's the first live group event that I've done since the pandemic. And it was so good to be in a room full of people. It's so, the dynamic is really different than it is on Zoom. So so yeah, people I think like that a little better these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for my first in-person travel event retreat um, this September. I haven't traveled since um, I think right before the pandemic started. So that was February 2020. I think was the yes. last time I traveled. Oh. So where are you going? For that one, I'm going to uh, Colorado Springs. Mm, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm ex- exciting. <laughs> yes, I've I've done a little travel since the pandemic, but not you know not what I used to. And it's it is it's always such a treat to go somewhere. It's like ah. <laughs> I know, even as an introvert, it's like okay, this is like year three. I'm ready to travel again. <laughs> Like the first two years, I was like, I'm loving this. I'll, I'll, I would have like some of my extroverted friends be like, oh, this is torture. Like not being like, especially when we were on lockdown and I'm like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. I'm loving it. It's like, this is, I'm in my element. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's like, I think I, it, it really wasn't, it wasn't that much of a change for me at the beginning. Cause I, I, you know, I'm, I live alone. I was working. It's like, it's all good. But it's like when you realize you cannot go anywhere, that's like, mm-hmm. oh, I just kind of want to go, you know, go sit in a restaurant or sit, in, you know, <laughs> something. So, but it wasn't too bad. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your Essential Summit timeline freebie. So we're going to have a link to that in the show notes for everyone to grab. If Is this for people who are thinking about hosting a summit, the timeline for planning? Yes. Yes. So so this is for people, this freebie, it's, it will tell you like from, from soup to nuts, start to finish. Like if you just, if you have the idea of a summit, it's a, it's a three month timeline, 13 weeks. Um, it tells you everything you need to be doing in those 13 weeks so that you can easily be sitting there watching your summit launch um, in 13 weeks. And it, it just, it gives you it gives you a really good breakdown of what to do. If you if you thought about doing a summit and don't know what is involved, it's really great because what you can look at that and read and see what's involved. Um, and if you are doing a summit and you think, ooh, well, and even I, I mean, I've done so many summits, but I look at I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing next? Oh, yes, this. <laughs> so it's even if you've done summits, it's so useful for you to figure out, ooh, what am I supposed to be doing next? So and it's actually it's split up in a couple of ways. It's like I've got a section on like what to do with speakers, what to do with tech. And then I have just the timeline. Week one, these are the things you want to be looking at. Week two, these are the things. So it is really, it is so useful to um, to anybody thinking about doing a summit or if you just want <laughs> want confirmation, I don't want to do a summit and I want to go find somebody to do a summit for me. But <laughs> you can do that. So I love that. Yeah, because there's, there's so many moving pieces to a summit. Are. Like my first one, I had no idea what went into it. I was, I will say I did make a smart decision. I gave myself, I think almost eight months to do the whole process before the summit was live. I think I had read that like 
maybe six months for your first one. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a little buffer time just, just to make sure I get everything ready. And it was still like, it, it was, a, it's, there's so many moving little pieces to it. There, there are so many moving pieces. I actually, you know, the person that taught me how to do summits and, and people that I've talked to subsequently who teach summits, they tell you to do it in a three month window, which is tight. I think I probably took four months on my first summit. But I think, I know, I think it's like, if you know that and you give yourself a buffer, it does make it easier. Um, I have a friend who she was hemming, we were, we were in a, in a program and I'd actually done summits before, but this, this woman was teaching summits. And so I'm like, okay, I'll do a summit. But she, she hemmed and hawed. And then at the, at like at six weeks, she said, all right, I'm going to do this. And she, she hosted, she got it done in like six weeks. I don't know how the heck she got <laughs> all the moving parts done, but she did. I think she was, I think she had kind of collapsed afterwards, but, but, but you're right. It's like, if that's the, that's the secret to summits. It's like, if you have all the moving pieces down and you know what it is you need to be doing, that makes it easy or, you know, that makes it doable. It's, it's just the, it's like, it's like not, ha- not, corralling all the moving pieces is what can be problematic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to scare anyone off from hosting a summit by saying six months, three months, because if that's the first one you can like at once you have systems in place for your summit, additional ones are going to be a lot easier for you because you're not starting everything from zero. Yeah, exactly. Once you have it in place, once you have a system you know, you're reusing nurture sequences, uh, you, you know, re- you're reusing emails, you know, you know how to approach speakers about it. It's, it's, it's much, it's much easier. And it is like, I'm, I'm actually working with a woman now and this is her first summit. And it's so funny. It's like her summit is launching the week before our summit is launching. And I'm like, I, I was like, I almost want her, you know, it's like, I want her summit to do better than ours, but I know ours is going to do fabulous. But it's like, you know, she's, she's come to me just like shell shocked. I'm like, don't worry, you've got this. And she really does. By now she's, she's close to the end. She's like, okay, I see. It really wasn't, it's just, it's, it's been pretty systematic. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And we're going to have links to your essential summit timeline and also the let's ace your list series in the show notes for everyone to check out. Cause I am so excited for this series. I think like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just so excited to listen to so many of the interviews and especially knowing that list growth, there's so many pieces to it or so many different strategies. And I think like, there's always more things to learn with it. You're never going to be like done. And I'm excited to watch those presentations and interviews. Well, you know, I, I am so excited about it. I'm so glad that you're putting a link to it below. I will, I'll just, I'll just add in. I'm not sure when this is airing, but it's like the series starts on June the 5th and we do have, we have like 24 amazing speakers talking about all sorts of things about, about list building. I've even got a few contrarians in there who say, Oh, don't build a list first, but it's like, I love it. I love, I love the, you know, the interplay uh, between what people say, but I've got I've got people talking about Pinterest for list building, you know, quizzes, you know, all sorts of little mini courses, and you know, mindset thing because, like we said, it's like it's so much of it is the mindset and what to do with your list once you have it. Make sure you're nurturing this. So it's like, do come. It's going to be great. Hey, awesome! Yeah, I can't wait. And yeah, go check out the links in the show notes. And thank you so much. This was amazing. I I could talk this forever. (laughs) Summits and list building 
are two of my favorite topics too. But yeah, I thank you so much. This was amazing. And I know everyone's going to love this episode. Thank you so much, Tara. I enjoyed it immensely. I love talking about this stuff too. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.